Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Callum Lang is on the phone with us now. He is the CEO of MBH Corporation. Welcome to Weekend Mornings, Callum. Morning, Glenn. Pleasure to be here. And yes, I'm here in Singapore. Yeah. Callum, uh, you know, we need to talk about investment. You have got a new uh, a new book that's out talking about uh, various things, the seven reasons investors never get ahead. Um, what uh, what do you have that would be really interesting to investors here on Money FM this morning? So I think um, what, what I wrote the book about was a, an opportunity that I saw. I I'm, don't come from a finance background. I come from a small business background. Um, I spent you know, 20, 25 years starting, building, and ultimately buying and selling small businesses. And um, there's a lot of challenges out there in the small business space. But one of the kind of great mysteries of our time for, for me and my peers was you've got half the world's economy locked up in small businesses. So in developed countries, about 50% of GDP comes from small businesses, around 90% of private sector employment comes from small businesses. And yet for investors, that part of the economy is pretty much off limits. Um, I, I don't know whether you or any of your listeners have ever invested in a friend's small business. The, the mm. entrepreneur will always, always tell you that they're going to exit in three to five years. It's kind of like a default line that we're <laughs> taught at birth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but it just doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, I've got investments in friends' businesses that are, yeah, 10, 12, 15 years old, I can't get out of because <laughs> for, for, for the small business owner, it's never the right time to, to exit. And yeah, as a, as a minority shareholder, you don't have a lot of rights. And so um, any sophisticated capital will stay away from small business. It, it's too risky. It's too illiquid. And so we came up with a, a solution to this, this problem. And, and really, we came at it from the point of view of how do we uh, solve the problem for small business owners. How do we give them some liquidity? And so we created, we've been working on this for about five years now. Uh, and basically what we do is we create a publicly listed company as a holding vehicle for great, well-run small businesses across multiple industries. We're not talking about sort of fancy high-tech startups from Silicon Valley, nothing like that. We're talking about bread and butter, air conditioning maintenance companies or mm. uh, landscape gardening companies, you know, just good. Yeah, I mean, the average business we look at, it's 20 years old. It's spitting off yeah, one, two, three million in profit every year. Just nice, predictable, reliable businesses. And, and the one distinction is that the business owner themselves, who are normally kind of in their 50s or 60s, they don't want to sell. Yeah, they want to keep their business. They, oh. yeah, they like they like their clients, they like their staff, their culture, um, but they would like to get some liquidity in, in their stock. So they swap their private stock for public stock, but they keep full control over their business. It's, it's their hiring and firing, it's their culture. Because um, I mean, we've all seen these deals that go horribly wrong for entrepreneurs when you, know, you, you sell your, your business to a, a big corporate company um, and then you go from being an entrepreneur who's in charge of your destiny to being an employee in a corporate machine. And, and it just, it never works out. Us, the problem with us entrepreneurs is we're, we're just not very good 
at being told what to do. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so, we're on the line with uh, we're on the line with Callum Liang, who's the CEO of MBH Corporation, talking about the seven reasons investors uh, sometimes have trouble getting ahead. And you mentioned that you know, kind of being in it for the long haul, and and that that's a pretty common theme with with many professional investors and the advice they give. You know, you think long term, think about not trying to get out after a short amount of time, and it seems like that holds true uh, in this investing space as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett and and his philosophies. And and you know, one of the things he always says is you need to think as an investor, you need to think as as an owner of the business. Is this a business that you want to still be holding and owning um, years down down the line? Otherwise, you you become a trader. And and look, traders play a very valuable role in the ecosystem. But it's not what uh, it's not really what we're looking for. We're looking for investors, um, you know, people that uh, are going to do do the due diligence and 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 want to own this business and want to own the cash flow from this business mm. moving forward. What are some of the other reasons uh, that investors have a hard time getting ahead? How can they get around those, Callum? Yeah, so, so I think, um, I mean, the, the, the seven reasons that I point out, one is no track record. Basically, if you don't have a track record as an investor, you're not going to get the best deals coming to you. Uh, you. You may remember the last financial crisis, Warren Buffett was getting offered these deals that were no-lose deals. <laughs> I, didn't get, I, I, I didn't get offered those deals. <laughs> um, uh, but, I, but I guarantee he's being offered them again. Um, so he has that track record. The other one is network. Um, if you look at someone like Tim Ferriss, that I'm sure a lot of your listeners are mm. familiar with. He was an early stage investor in Facebook and Twitter and Uber, not because he had any sort of uh, angel investing chops or credibility at the time, but because he had a massive network and that was valuable. Um, and so most investors don't have that network. And so we never receive the best deals. Um, and then there's a, there's a few others. There's, there's you know, a lot of, if you look at angel investors, for example, most angel investors um, work on what we call a hope strategy. You know, they'll, they'll put a bit of money into a company and they'll, they'll hope that it succeeds. Mm. Uh, whereas most sophisticated investors are looking at like, what's, what's the downside protection? Upside's the bonus, but, but what's the downside? And, and most startups, there isn't a lot of downside protection. So you kind of have that hope strategy. Um, and a lot of investors just follow the herd. You know, we're, we're too lazy, probably, to, to do our own due diligence, to, to kind of make our own decisions. And so if everyone's getting into cryptocurrency, then we get into cryptocurrency. If everyone's getting into cannabis or whatever the latest craze is, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but of course, if, if you're following the herd, the smart money is normally on, the, on its way out already. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few things, and, and um, it really does, uh, you know, it makes it very difficult for the average investor to, to get ahead. And, and so hopefully uh, what we're doing is creating this, this investable wrapper for you to get uh, invested into a portfolio of very strong, very reliable, good small businesses that spit off cash, um, and uh, yeah, just keep keep doing these deals, and, and our investors mm. can can benefit from that. So, what does that look like in in a practical matter, a practical way for a small business uh, to to get into this new uh, asset class? What, what do they have? To, what are the steps they have to take to to get to fu- to figure this out? Yeah, so it's pretty pretty straightforward. I think it's um, 
you know, we, we get about a thousand applications a year from companies that want to be a part of us. Um, then go to unity-group.com, have a look at the materials. We'll send them a copy of the book and we'll send them lots of due diligence. They can have a look at the other companies in the group and they can see interviews with other companies in the group. And then really it's just deciding is, is this something that they want to do? Are they, you know, that they, they want to keep control. Uh, look, if, if it's, if a company just wants to exit, if the founders had enough, and look, that's understandable, especially, especially <laughs> in, in challenging times, um, that's fine. But that, those, those aren't the sort of companies we're looking for. We're, we're looking for business owners that, you know, they've still got another five to 10 years. And then maybe at that point, uh, they'll want to retire, and that's great, but they've still got kind of another good five to 10 years in them. Um, and there's a lot of great businesses out there, but because they're not sexy, because they're kind of typically, um, you know, I call them boring, boring businesses, they're, they're under the radar. Nobody knows about these businesses, and yet, you know, they're 20, 30 years old. The kids don't want to take over um, because they, they, kids would much rather get involved in some brand new startup crypto Instagram mm. app or <laughs> something. <laughs> but, um, uh, much, much rather that than a, than a company with real clients and real profits. But, yeah. Um, it's bizarre, but they, they want the Ferrari. They want they want the Ferrari, not the Lexus, right? Or the or the Toyota. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what are some of the places? I would say actually not the places, but what are some of the the industries right now, or the uh, investing type opportunities in terms of, um, of businesses that seem to be holding on uh, during these last few months during the COVID nineteen crisis? Uh, are there notable standouts? Uh, that that are still kind of forging ahead and doing all right. Yeah, good good, good question. I, I mean, I speak I speak to a lot of business owners, both in our group and and in our pipeline and in the broader community. And um, look, I think uh, all all of them. What, what's interesting, all of them are having to adapt, and and I think a lot of them are saying, you know, I wish we'd done this years ago. Um, you know, we we can use technology much more efficiently now that we've been forced to do it. Um, I mean, we own a number of companies in adult vocational training and whenever there's a layoff, uh, when there's a lot of layoffs like this, a lot of people that have been retrenched want to retrain and do new careers. And so uh, that will definitely be a growth area coming out of this. Hmm. Uh, I think we we actually just announced last month we acquired a 53-year-old caravan company in the UK. We, we um, have companies all over the world, uh, in, even here in Singapore. Um, this, this is a caravanning company. Now, now obviously, nobody's going caravanning in the UK right now, but they've, they've experienced this before. They've had downturns before. There was 9-11, and lots of people didn't want to fly after 9-11. So mm. there was an immediate dip. And then there was this huge surge as people decided, yeah, actually, I'm just going to buy a caravan and, and uh, explore my home country. Hmm. Um, so you've got a few, you've got a few things um, like that. And uh, I mean, we've got one, one frustrating one. We work with a lot of construction companies and, and their order book has never been more full because there's so many uh, restaurants and retail outlets and hotels that are desperate to use this downtime to do the the um, renovation work that they've been putting off for years and years. Wow. Um, so uh, actually, there, there's a huge pent up demand, and I think 
hopefully you'll see construction as one of those industries that's allowed to go back a little bit before uh, the rest of the industries and, and can really, really do uh, do a lot there and, and employ a lot of people. So very interesting. Um, yeah, it, look, it, it it is it's fascinating times. But, um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of lot of sad stories out there as well, but. Um, you know, I, I love working with small business owners because the more constraints you put on them, the more creative mm. they get, and and um, and it's great when you can put them in a in a group together. And and you know, all of these guys have been through downturns before. They they acted quickly. They communicated well with their staff and clients. But this time, the ones in our group can now coordinate with each other, and they can sort of share best practices and what's working and what's not working. And and I think that's a you know, it can be a pretty lonely world as an entrepreneur. Um, Indeed. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's that's a really nice sort of angle to, to what we're doing. Callum, how can uh, people get uh, more information from you if they're looking for it? So a couple of ways. Um, I'm always pretty available on, on LinkedIn. So Callum Lang, L-A-I-N-G. It's actually a Scottish name, not a Chinese name, just in case you're uh, <laughs> confused. So L-A-I-N-G. Um, LinkedIn or Twitter, reach out to me. I'd love to love to speak to you. Um, the, the current PLC that we've got is called MBH Corporation PLC. It's a UK company listed in Germany. But if you go to mbhcorporation.com, you can see interviews with the business owners and um, request a copy of the book and all, all that good stuff. And yeah, I'd love, love to hear from your listeners, hear what they're what they're investing in, what they're looking at, and uh, how we can help them. Well, thank you. Thanks to Callum Lang, for the CEO of MBH Corporation, for uh, being with us this morning on Money FM. Thank you, Glenn. It's great to chat up again. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.